I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and welcome to another episode of Women of Her Story, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women who have made or are making their mark on our society. Today, I have with me recording artist, among other things, Ellie Van Amerongen. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ellie. Hi, thanks for having me, Heather. Of course. So how has COVID-19 affected your spring? Well, it actually has a little bit been a blessing in disguise in a way because I um, I knew that I was going to be releasing my EP this spring. Mm-hmm. I've been working on that since um, like November and I didn't have the, an official release date, but actually pretty much right when COVID sort of became a big deal is when um, I finished mastering and like finished putting the the final touches on my EP. And so it kind of worked out because everybody's now at home on their computers, on social media. And I was like, hey, listen to my EP. Um, Obviously it's not, (laughs) I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it is a, it's nice. It's like, it's convenient. And it's nice that people are able to take time to listen to my album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was my first EP, which was also really exciting. Um, and then on another level, I'm also an actor. So a lot of self tapes are happening now, um, which kind of was already a thing, but just even more now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But luckily I didn't have any like shows coming up that this interrupted. So I kind of feel a little bit lucky in that way. Definitely. That's so funny. I was, I was going to ask, have you found your create your, your creativity shift positively or negative or both during this time? So it sounds like it's been something that's been, been, I don't want to say beneficial, but it, you know, everybody's different. Everybody takes things in different strides and it, it sounds like it was something that you needed for your, product your creativity to yeah be shown it definitely um it definitely didn't affect it negatively um because just of the nature of Mm -hmm. of music and I think a lot of people really need that kind of stuff right now too during the creation of your of your EP uh self-titled correct yeah yeah. Uh, did you ever have moments where you wanted to abandon the whole project where you were just like, everything I'm doing is terrible and I hate <laughs> my life? I, I definitely, it was a, it was a big learning experience. So I, I definitely was like at moments, like, why am I even putting this song on my EP? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't really ever want to ab- abandon the whole thing, but I was like, wait, what am I even doing? Do I really like this song? And it's like, once you hear things over and over and over, you're like, I, I can't believe I'm sharing this with the public. But then, you know, obviously you, once the final, like once things started to come together, I would like listen to, cause I would get like, I would go, I, I recorded in, at the studio in Brooklyn um, with um, New Warsaw Studios and I would go and I would do like, I would record my guitar part one day. And then the next day I hired a drummer for two songs. His name's Keith Robinson. 
And so uh, he came in for a couple of days. And so like slowly you would piece together um, the, the entire album. And so I would like have different parts of it to listen to as I was like, I would have different um, mixes, different versions of it. And so hearing it come together was really cool. And then of course, once I heard like the final product, I was like, okay, yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah. It was uh, like, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like definitely on the journey, it was, it was a big learning experience. And, uh, and honestly, like if I did do it again, maybe I would swap out a song or two, but I'm, I'm really happy with it. And people, people seem to really be enjoying it. And it's my first EP. So like, it's, I've got, I've got lots more. Yeah. Nowhere, nowhere to go, but up. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> When did you start writing your own music? Um, so I did a little bit of songwriting in high school, but nothing. I never really shared it with anyone. And then I always, I started playing guitar when I was like 12. I played piano for a long time. So I always, always had those instruments. But my junior year of college, um, I was part of the songwriting emphasis at the Boston Conservatory. So they do these emphases when you're in the musical theater program, you can emphasize in something your senior year. The The songwriting program was the only one that was two years. So for my junior and my senior year, I had songwriting uh, for three hours every week, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I really started to write real songs in my head. Mm-hmm. That's when they became like, wow, I'm actually doing this my junior year so that would have like four years ago now three years three years ago mm-hmm. three or four yeah do you write most aspects of the song itself do you write the piano guitar vocals do you write yeah. all of those yeah so I when I'm on the EP I had help from Riley who was the guy who was mixing everything and the producer he he definitely helped me a lot with the arrangements, but for the most part, I wrote, I wrote all the lyrics and the, and the melodies all stayed the same. It was mostly just, um, like the bass line would change, like, cause I hadn't written a bass line and he played mm-hmm. the bass for me. So things like that, where he kind of would have to just create the bass line or yeah and then there's one song where I have piano where it kind of started as a totally it started on guitar and then we were like this might sound good on piano and then we kind of experimented and then I ended up writing a piano part for it so it was a li- it was definitely a collaboration um but whenever I'm uh any uh, aside from the EP I've I've always written like all the aspects of it mm-hmm. um, unless of course I'm like co- collaborating with another person right 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 your whole family is about as musical as they come what was that like growing up <laughs> it was a it was a loud household for sure <laughs> um yeah so my brother who's uh five years older than me he's also um a performer he started doing theater first and then my sister who's two three years older than me she uh she does a lot of improv now she's a graphic designer and a photographer and 
um, she also started doing theater and I was the youngest. So then I joined in and <laughs> that's actually how we met mm-hmm. doing theater at Oluk. Um, and so that was like, that was the, that was like my musical sort of start. I mean, I always played piano and stuff, but the, the, uh, the performing and on stage and the musical theater was really, um, what I think brought the, the, uh, artistic side of me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we all did, we all did theater from, for, throughout all of high school and, um, and then Tim and I kept doing it as well. So it's still a very loud household. <laughs> did you guys ever feel like you were comparing yourselves to each other in terms of success or failure? Honestly, no, because I think it's good that there was a bit of an age gap. I mean, it's five mm-hmm. years, but... And then we're also just different types of performers. He's more of a dancer, and he's also a man, and I'm a woman. There's <laughs> there's a lot of differences. So I think if we were, like, the same type, and we're, that would have been a little bit harder. But honestly, I mean, he has really been so helpful and like it has taken every opportunity to help me like get an audition or hey my friend's doing this thing like they want to have you in for it so like it's never been any sort of competitive nature at all it's not a a Sharpay and uh (laughs) oh my gosh can you imagine you would be Sharpay. I would be Ryan. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> do you guys create together? Um, we do. Yeah. So he plays piano. He also plays saxophone. And so we actually just a couple of weeks ago, we did like a Facebook live stream where we played some covers together. Um, I, I write music and he also has started writing music and I've kind of um helped him a little bit um he's like come to me with um he'll be like I have this chorus idea but I have no idea what the verse is going to be and so we'll kind of write it together mm-hmm. and so he we've done that on a couple of songs and I think he he's going to continue writing he writes some great stuff um so yeah we we definitely play together and um we'll probably actually be doing another uh, like sort of Facebook live concert, which is just a one of the wonderful things about right now is that you don't need a venue; you can just go on Facebook Live. <laughs> <laughs> you have a built-in audience because everyone's exactly. sitting on Facebook anyway. <laughs> right. Your brother, your family, everyone seems to be extremely supportive. Did that make it easier for you to come out to them when you were when you were older? Yeah, I mean. I never, honestly, I never really, like, officially came out. I was just like, hey, I'm dating a girl. And they were like, (laughs) okay. Um, Yeah, my brother's gay, so, like, I knew my family was supportive. And um, that doesn't mean I was any less awkward as a teenager. Like, (laughs) yeah, I definitely... Did you struggle with your identity just like accepting it figuring it out oh yeah and I think I'm still figuring it out too like so I used I recently 
got my hair cut for, for fun home. I did like a year and a half ago. And that was like a huge identity thing. I was like, for the longest time I, I had long hair and I was a little more girly. Um, though I was a huge tomboy in middle school and you can attest to that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, I definitely, not only did I struggle with like in high school talking to my parents about being gay, but then also like once, once I was in college kind of finding my identity and, and how I wanted to express myself was definitely something that I just, I had never really, I guess I never really thought it was an option. I Mm. guess I just figured like, well, I'm a girl, so I'm going to like wear these kinds of clothes and my hair is going to look like this. But then, yeah, once I got my hair cut for fun home, I was like, oh, I kind of like it. And then I cut it even shorter and I was like, oh, and then I (laughs) just kind of, I, I, my style is a little more like masculine. Um, I really don't wear dresses anymore and it on and I'm you know this is something that I'm still you know figuring out but it definitely I feel a lot more in my own skin than I did in high school for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Did did anyone ever say uh oh this is just a phase or you'll grow out of it or anything like that? Actually no. No, oh, that's really amazing, actually. Yeah, Yeah, my, I feel like a lot of people hear that from their parents. Mm. Um, But no, my, I mean, to be fair, I never really had like that big of a conversation with them about it. Right. But I didn't need to. I think if they had, you know, I knew they weren't going to have an issue with it. Um, And so I think that's also one of the reasons why I felt like I didn't really have to explain myself to them. Like, um. I started dating someone like the end of my freshman year in college and I worked up the courage to tell them that summer. And then like from then on, I've just kind of told them when I'm with someone and it's the kind of thing where I don't really, I also had, I also felt like I didn't need to come out unless I was like with someone. Cause it didn't really matter mm-hmm. until I was dating someone. So that was also, that may have just been me. Like, I don't want to come out, but <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of what I, I said for for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has has music helped you find your voice in all of it? Like my voice in yeah. uh, as a person, help you find your identity, help you discover more about yourself. Yeah, especially yeah, in the definitely. writing process. I for the longest time, I felt like music. I mean, I still do, but I, uh, music is very, like, therapeutic for me, and some people will write in a diary or do other sort of creative things, but, um, yeah, I've, I've always felt that music was not only something that I wanted to, like, produce, but it was something that helped me kind of figure out what's going on inside of me mm-hmm. like um and it still is like that to this day like if you know I'm sad about something or you know just like kind of confused about something and I'll I'll just like pick up my guitar and just start playing and it may not actually like solve anything but it it will definitely 
it definitely is a a therapeutic thing at times Mm -hmm. Um, helps you helps you articulate the feelings that you're having yeah for sure you know sometimes I'll I'll pick up my guitar and I don't really I'll be like I want to write something but I don't I don't know what I'm just like I just want to write something so I'll just start start playing and see what happens um Mm -hmm. sometimes it's very deliberate I'm like I want I just watched an episode of this and I'm really inspired and I want to write something um but then sometimes it's totally like I want to (laughs) create Have you found support in the LGBTQ community in terms of not just your music, but in life in that community itself? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm actually part of this network called the Ring of Keys. They're a um, network for queer women and trans and non-binary people. So basically like the queer community um, and they are a group of people who are who work on stage for musical theater and off stage so it's a very Mm -hmm. big network um and uh we have like a facebook page and there are meetups and people will post hey i'm at this audition and like is anybody here um they they do master classes and just like it's it's a really it's a really great just sort of community um and I've met a couple people through that which has been really lovely and then I've always just kind of felt supported I mean the 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 theater community is always supportive of Mm -hmm. you know who whoever you are and that is honestly one of the reasons why I've been drawn to theater I think throughout my life is because because it is just such an open safe community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you you get to put you know someone else's shoes on when yeah. uh, you know when you're when you're doing a show yeah. you mentioned earlier fun home that's such a beautiful show it's uh, what was your experience in that show did it hit you know hit you yeah. hit you right in the feels being able Definitely. to do that part <laughs> yeah it did yeah, I think it came out like my freshman year of college and I remember listening to it with uh, this girl that I was dating and we were like in her dorm listening to Changing My Major and just like being kind of goofy. But like also that was one of the first times that I had heard like a lesbian narrative in a in a musical. I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. Or it was the first time it, I really like realized it mm-hmm. and, or or one that was uh not a shtick like wild party has yeah, battling right, right. but like right <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. like a coming of age narrative for a lesbian so just hearing the music to the show and knowing that that show was out there was so cool just to begin mm-hmm. with and then when I got to play the role uh, like a year and a half ago um yeah, it, it just felt like I, I, I get to tell, like, a story that's similar to mine. And, of course, it's not, you know, no story is exactly the same. But just being able to step into the shoes of somebody who is queer and is, like, around my age range and is, 
kind of awkward and like <laughs> me. So <laughs> it just it felt it felt really great, and it was a it was a wonderful cast of people, and I loved my director. The theater company was awesome, so it was just like a really special experience. Love and that. It also it gave me my short hair because I don't think I would have had the courage to cut it without that. Ah, that's yeah. all. Yeah, that that's such an interesting uh not even blessing in disguise blessing in another blessing you know yeah, exactly where, where yeah like I was, I was pretty nervous at first I was like I don't know but yeah I I'm so I'm so thankful for it everyone is coming from a different perspective a different place in their life do you think it's important that people approach all new conversations or even old conversations with new people, new conversations with old people with a lens of sensitivity, of understanding? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that specifically when, I, I think the only way to really have those conversations is to be empathetic and to be sensitive and to kind of say, I or I, or to even say, I don't have any idea what you're going through, who like what it is like to be you. But, but I can, I can sit back and listen. I can be empathetic, and I can, I can receive the information you're giving me, and maybe take part. But, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Just keep keeping that dialogue open. I personally uh, struggle with a sharp tongue and impatience. <laughs> So I really have to remind myself to be mindful always. Do you have moments yourself, even where you find yourself saying like, I can't believe uh, that came out of my mouth? <laughs> okay, honestly, I think I have the opposite problem. I think, <laughs> I think I struggle sometimes with speaking for it, like saying my opinion and and being a part of the conversation rather than just listening and saying, Oh yeah, I get that. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I think actually I had a recent conversation. It's interesting because with theater people, you're usually on the same page. Like you're supportive of each other and you're kind of in the same sort of liberal most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I'm working, I was working at a restaurant and um I was talking to one of my coworkers just about being in, using inclusive language. Um, so like when you go to a, when you're serving, instead of saying, hi, ladies and gentlemen, you can, you can say good evening folks or just good evening. And this guy just didn't, didn't, didn't understand why he should do that. And it was honestly like, I, at that point, I felt proud of myself for being really adamant about it and speaking my, truth and saying listen if it's if you're if you say ladies and gentlemen that sometimes is fine but if you have one table that there is somebody who's non-binary or just you never know and you don't say ladies and gentlemen they're gonna feel so much more included um so in that sort of in in the world where people have complete polar opposite opinions I feel like okay, I can, I can kind of speak up about this stuff, but I definitely do. I definitely do struggle with um, voicing my opinion and sticking my neck out there. That's so funny. We're on complete opposite spectrums. Yeah. 
I'm somebody who I start, I mean, I've started a podcast because, you know, uh, whatever. I, <laughs> I'm like, here's all my thoughts. Yeah. But, but not even just that. I'm someone who I'll, I'll start responding to someone before I've even let them finish or before I've even fully formed what I'm going to say. So, sure. you know, I mean, I guess I do. I think I struggle with that too in a, in a way of just like interrupting people on that kind of thing. Um, I have a thought. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You have a thought and then suddenly you stop listening to everything else that they're saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's kind of universal though. That's a tough one. Back to music. Do you have plans for any small tours or gigs over the summer into fall? Like, hoping that all of this passes yeah quickly so I play with my friend Robert who is uh the one who plays violin and mandolin on my EP and we have kind of done a couple of gigs around the city and so that's definitely something that I I want to continue doing with him and um we we both play some of our original stuff he has some originals and I obviously have some originals too so uh, we actually had a couple of couple of venues that we had talked to about coming in and playing, but because of COVID and we don't, it's it yeah, it's very up in the air. But um, so actually, right now I'm more just writing new stuff and um, kind of just trying to do do what I can from my apartment and. Who's someone that you can't stop listening to right now? I have been on a big John Mayer kick. Really? Um, yeah. My my friend Robert, he he was showing me one of John Mayer's songs from it's from the album Continuum was which was like twenty so long ago. I don't know, a long time ago. And uh, and then I was listening to it and I was like, I want to learn how to play this. And so I've just kind of been working on my guitar skills and learning John Mayer songs, weaving that together. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause actually that's a big way that I, that I tend to learn about the guitar is through just finding cover, finding songs that I want to play and learn mm-hmm. and covering them. And then also um, Randy Carlisle. I just always listen to. <laughs> I mm-hmm. just, Yeah. I saw her uh, at Madison square garden in October and that was my first time seeing her live, and that she was incredible. Yeah, a good show. Have you seen John Mayer live? I haven't. No, and honestly, like I've always been a fan of him, but I've never really. I'm really getting to know his music now, um, a little bit more. Like I've always known, like his, you know, the ones that are oh, the pop, commercial but, pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm really getting to know his stuff, and he's just a just an incredible writer, songwriter, and and guitar player it's it's amazing his, his concert i went i went to one i think in t- 2009 maybe oh yeah wow and um wow. it was a three and a half hour concert and they didn't stop playing the whole time so no they one. yeah so his trio would they would just jam between songs wow. i have he no was, idea and then they would jam oh Oh my God. And then they would, what they would do is they would like hint to the next song that they were going to play. 
they would like play maybe just a tiny little bit of a lick yeah out of it. oh my gosh that's it was awesome. it was way more of an experience than I thought a John Mayer concert was gonna be because wow. you think you're just gonna like fall asleep honestly but you don't it's so good <laughs> oh, <laughs> shout out to John Mayer really, that's really cool yeah um, he's amazing yeah is there someone of any profession that really inspired you and made you think she did it? I can do it too. I have, since I was in like middle school, my favorite songwriter has been Sarah Bareilles. And I've, I, so I still listen to her, but I just kind of like branched out a little more now that I'm older. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I started listening to actually my brother showed me her music when I was like 12 or 13 and we listen we would listen to this CD of I think he like uploaded he downloaded like some songs from YouTube so like they weren't even like on an actual album he like downloaded them and then burned them onto a CD so they were like there was the CD of a bunch of different songs but I think like I think they were all cerebrals actually and some songs that like she just played once at a gig and somebody recorded it and now we're like listening to it in my mom's <laughs> minivan <laughs> anyway so I, I started hearing her stuff and then she really informed my my voice my songwriting voice especially in high school um and then, of course, when I heard she was writing Waitress, I was that, I mean, that was so cool. And then I saw her in Waitress, which she was great. Um, and I guess it was less of a, less of a, if she can do it, I can do it, but more of um, just, uh, well, maybe a little bit, a little bit like a, if she can do it, I can do it. Because I, because the, the sort of, because like I love songwriting and I love performing and that's kind of something that I've always it is it's never been a clear one or the other I studied musical theater and so that has always been a little bit ahead of songwriting but like now that I'm not like in a conservatory program studying musical theater it's really up to me and so to see the marriage of Sarah writing a musical and then being in the musical is really just so cool and like writing in a musical that's not like a conventional uh like Broadway musical. It's very poppy. It's it's not it's not what you necessarily would expect. It's more mm -hmm. it's definitely contemporary and it's it's people like that who those those sort of stories are really inspiring and what would make me think, oh, maybe that's something I could do one day. Mm -hmm. Or right now. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever thought about writing a musical? I definitely have. I've, I've, or like a song cycle, maybe even. I kind of did like a little. It it wasn't really a song cycle, but it was. I called it a song cycle at my my senior year of college. I basically just put together a bunch of songs that I had written and asked a bunch of my friends to sing them, and we did them in a <laughs> studio, and it was really fun. But yeah, it's, it's been, it's been on my mind and I, I, I think I, sh I think I struggle with, um, what, what I feel really confident about is writing songs from the perspectives of characters. So like, if I'm watching a movie, like, I will often be like, oh, I want to write a song about that moment. But I think it's a little bit, 
I think I struggle a little bit more with like, like the initial process of like, what is this going to be about? Mm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So actually I have thought of like, oh my gosh, I want to make a musical of that movie. Um, but I have not, I've yet to attempt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Outside of music and the arts, what's something that you like to occupy your time with? I am pretty sporty. So I actually just started um, going to this thing called Dyke Soccer. Um, <laughs> shout out to Dyke Soccer. I actually have, it have it's not happening right now, but, um, and I haven't, I didn't go over the winter, but I went a couple times in the, in the fall. It's basically just a group of queer women playing soccer. I played soccer throughout high school. I also played basketball. So I did that a couple times and it's out in Brooklyn, which is a little bit of a trek for me. So that's also why it's only been a couple times, but it was so much fun just like running around and playing soccer and meeting new people. Sports are definitely a thing that sports and like to spending time outside going for runs. Cat, what else do I like to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's like, I, it's hard because my occupation, they're like my hobbies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'll think. I I think that's those are completely uh, valid I love going to live music events obviously mm. like seeing a concert mm-hmm. or seeing my friends play the energy at those are always so yeah it's just like inspiring. hearing yeah hearing music live is uh it's uh it's an experience and it's definitely one of one way that I take up my t- my time so to wrap this interview up it's time to ask the final two questions i ask the same questions to everyone who comes through the podcast so the last two everyone gets the same the first what is your second favorite color my second favorite color um that's a hard one <laughs> like a like a light purple Light purple. Lavender. Lavender. Why do you like lavender? It's a little, it's like calming. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not, I like sort of uh, more like pastel like colors. And Mm -hmm. it, yeah. Soothing. (laughs) Yeah, it's soothing. (laughs) And finally, what, in your opinion, is the best part of being a woman? And there can be, it can be a layered answer if you've, if yeah. you've got some things you, you want to say. That's a good question. Um, I think there's a, a sort of unity between women that is really powerful. Just knowing that women have, have overcome a lot of obstacles and women before me and still have to continue to. And there's definitely a strength a strength that women have it's like a, a sort of bond it's a, like maybe we're not you know we're, we're not all from the same backgrounds and we're in different walks of life and but do share something and I think that's a pretty I think that's pretty powerful um just just knowing that there is like an unspoken bond between between I between all women Mm-hmm. I really do want to think about it though because I I feel like 
I don't I don't think I've ever been asked that before. I I think that I've had to being being a woman in different environments. I'm thinking specifically like at at work. Um, I work as a host at a restaurant. I feel. I mean, there's definitely discrimination there against women. Like, all the managers are men. And so they definitely favor a little bit the men employees. I can see that. And it it kind of requires me to take take a step back and just really observe and, and, and be really thoughtful with, with my words and, I think I think mostly just being a woman because of the the inequality and the discrimination women face it's it has made me more of a thoughtful and empathetic person and I can I you know I don't know if that's true of all women but I really think that that is I I I wonder like if I were a man if my personality would still be what it is if if having that sort of having to face things like your boss is favoring the men, like those sort of things, they really do affect my personality and who I am. Mm-hmm. And but I think they do for the better. I mean, ultimately, it's like a horrible thing. But I think that the way that women overcome those situations is, mm-hmm. is what is most incredible about being a woman and about women in general. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. Is there any, before I close out, is there anything you would like to say, maybe where we can find you on uh, social media or any, anything like that? Yeah, you can find me on social media on, on Instagram at Ellie Van Am. Um, I recently started TikTok. Oh. So you can also <laughs> find me on TikTok at Ellie Van Am. Um, and my EP that I just released is on all music streaming platforms. So if you have Spotify, iTunes, Apple Play, um, Apple Music, what is it called? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Ellie Van Amerong and EP. So take a listen. Amazing. And uh, the, the spelling of your name will be on the episode. So no okay, worries on that. <laughs> yeah, just give it your best guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ellie. Thank you for having me, Heather. This is such uh, an amazing podcast and what a great way to to put your creativity and your your just everything you've got into something <laughs> oh, during this you. time. Thank you. I can't wait personally to hear more and see more from you as your career continues. Uh, you're so easy to chat with and down to earth. So it's it's such a good vibe that you're good energy, good vibes, and all of that goodness. And thank you listeners for tuning in again. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave a review. Um, You're always welcome to shoot an email to womenofherstorypodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at womenofherstorypodcast. Until next time, be safe, stay healthy, and show the world what you're made of.